With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now it's time for very serious football talk with the man who met his wife on a blind date, chaperoned by his parents. They actually came along on the first date with us. There was a... No! I rode in the back seat. I was 22. The man who needs to take a minute to remember the names of all of his children. Do all of your kids have the same first letter? <laughs> no, actually. Um, let me think. Do any of them? Tucker, Mason, Cole, Isabel, and Lucas. The man who can defend you in court, but will probably choose not to. I'll cop to this on a public setting right now. I am an aggressive cuddler in a consensual oh. sense. Comma, Good grief, he's a pastor too? When does this guy sleep? You will you will find that the guys are everywhere except for in his or your bed because not only does he not sleep, he's also a faithful husband. So that's that's important. It's Seth Kaiser of The Athletic on Almost Entirely Sports. I'm going to have to make some really difficult decisions in the next half hour or so. Because as of an hour ago, I was excited to talk to Seth Kaiser today about, like, his Orlando Scandrick film review and about Patrick Mahomes. But now at some point, I'm going to have to make the decision of, do we talk about Ben Neiman or Seth's vasectomy coming up tomorrow? <laughs> or, as I just saw on Twitter, Seth, your Second vasectomy? <laughs> yes, you did not misread that. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, you're, you've got some tough choices to make, man. So what I'm going to do right now is be quiet, and you tell me, what would you like to talk about today, Joshua? Because I have written like four film reviews since we last spoke. I know. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the process of writing about Derek Nottie, and there's a lot. All right, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We, oh, man, it makes it so difficult. We're going to eat our vegetables first. Okay. We're going to eat our vegetables. <laughs> We're going to take a break partway through for, for some dessert. I, I, can do a, I can do a longer segment today if you want. I just might need a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Was that one of your screaming children? Yeah, that was Isabel. I warned you all about her. That was that was that was someone undoubtedly like walked in front of her at the wrong time, which you know would would yield such a result from her. She's a banshee in training. That one. All right. Why did you have? Why are you taking getting a second vasectomy, Seth? Well, okay. You just heard the shriek. Do I have to explain <laughs> no. why? No, I know so, why you're getting a we, vasectomy. We have, why are you getting we, your second vasectomy? Okay, um, we I got my first vasectomy when I was 23. We had just had our second kid. Oh, my goodness. He was, he was extremely colicky. Yeah, that's your age, isn't it, Josh? Yeah, it's horrifying, yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, he was a very colicky kid, very difficult. My wife was struggling with some health stuff. Right. We were done with kids. We were content. 
couple years later, um, after the vasectomy, which went fine, I made an offhanded comment to my wife. You know, sometimes I wonder what it would be like to have more kids. Just completely, I'm just a dude. I was just talking. Just, it's a so, wonderful lifestyle. What if I had never been born, but the inverse? Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of just that was just me talking. I was randomly saying something. A couple months later, I'm playing with the kids. She goes, "Hey, you remember how you said you wanted more kids?" And I was like, "I don't remember saying that actually." <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I don't recall having that conversation at all. And she says, well, you know, I've been wondering about it myself. And I'm like, interesting, you know, about, you know, who knows how, you know, whether sure. that's successful. And she, well, actually me. Oh. Like, well, well, actually, it turns out if you have it within three years, it's got a whatever percent success rate. I'm like, well, we're coming in on the end of that three years. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long it would take to be an appointment. And then she led with this sentence. Well, you don't have to go, but. Oh, man. <laughs> But I set up an appointment for you next Thursday oh. to, to get a pre-op done if you want, but you don't have to go. And then she, uh... She almost, she, she almost, she, she might as well have got you a bus ticket. Yeah, she, no, she also had obtained a 20% discount on the surgery. Okay, there are a lot of things in life that I will take a 20% discount on. <laughs> I, I, there was a liner earlier in today's show where I was... Describe my financial situation by by telling the story of how I went to Arby's earlier because I had a coupon. I'll yes. make decisions that way. Sure. You got a discounted vasectomy undoing? Reversal, it's called. You got yeah. a you got a discount vasectomy reversal? I did, and it turned out that with the discount, which it was the same doctor, it's just if you paid cash and I don't know, got it on, you know, Reversal Tuesday, whatever it was. Yeah, and you got uh, it in a back alley where the doctor had, like, a rubber band and one good glove? What are you talking about? <laughs> it, it was a very legitimate procedure, although I will tell you, waking up from the reversal, gentlemen who have had vasectomies who are listening, if you were thinking about getting a reversal, just know when I woke up, I assumed that the procedure had consisted of them spreading my legs and then having a donkey kick me in the junk for about two hours. It was, and the vasectomy is nothing. That's a no-brainer. Easy. Nothing. The reversal, I thought I was dying. I really did. So, reversal, fast forward, three more kids, we're done. We're done. Except my wife's only 30, or 31, meaning we could have like eight more kids if we're not careful. Yeah, and really, careful doesn't seem like your kid-based strategy, to be terribly honest, Seth. No, no, we're more, we're more volume. Right. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> There's quantity, not a lot to do in Minnesota, quality. Josh. I don't know what to tell you. There's <laughs> not a lot to do. You're bored, and everything costs money. And you know, else costs money, Seth? Kids cost money. Kids cost so uh, much money. Yeah, but, you know, the, the, that kind of thinking requires forward thinking, and in the moment you're not always forward thinking. Sure. But yes, tomorrow I am getting my second vasectomy, although on the plus side, um, they are going to give, give me a couple of uh, lorazepams and inject me with morphine. So for a Nazarene pastor, this is like my chance to party. <laughs> right? No kidding, man! All of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're Lil Pump. Like yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. This this might be okay. Um, I'm very nervous, obviously, but it'll be fine. I've had it done once, so I'll have it done again, and then we won't worry about children anymore. Although I do have a friend who uh, he had a vasectomy, and then 20 years later, his body healed, and they had two more kids. Seth, um, that's my mo- that is the leading cause of terror in my life. That sounds like <laughs> the worst thing. Yeah, they were. They, it was it was quite a conversation. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, 
So, yeah, so that's what I'm doing tomorrow. But tonight I'll be writing up, ideally, a Derek Nottie film review. Well, I'm on WebMD right now reading about how a <laughs> reverse vasectomy goes. Well, I just, I'm just, I Googled reverse vasectomy because I didn't think I knew this was a thing. Oh, yeah. And good God. Don't Google Google vasectomy gone wrong. Don't do it. Oh, I won't. I'll take your advice. I'll take your advice. Not not even a, not a second thought. Not a second thought of, of (laughs) why you're getting it. Yeah. I didn't even know that you could get a vasectomy undone. Yeah. Well, they're doing, all they do is they snip a tube, really. So then they tie the two back together, stitch it up, and you're good to go. The human body's an amazing thing. You could have just you could have just adopted a bunch of kids. Look, man, I'm not here to have you judge the way that I hate <laughs> my life. No, I know we could have. Well, I don't know what you want from me, Briscoe. I just I married up. You know, people are always asking me. You know, because I'm like generously a four, maybe four and a half. And my wife, my wife, my wife's an eleven, and I constantly have people asking me, "Oh, how'd you swing that?" And it's not, you know, I always say, "Oh, it's because I make her laugh." That's not it. It's that I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever. A lot of men say that. I live that. I will do whatever it takes to make my wife happy. Clearly, and I will be a thrice operated on man. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think you'd be able to talk about football first, honestly. Well, no. I. I feel like I just need to lay down and reconsider some things that I thought I knew about this world. Yeah. Well, and remember when you and I met and had lunch? I, I discussed with you very briefly. Mm-hmm. You no, know, marriage is a big deal. It's a right. commitment. Now you sure. know. I mean that when I say that. <laughs> yeah, for uh, really up until this moment, marriage really felt like kind of a casual thing to me, and now I'm realizing that it might lead to you having your genitals worked on three times. Three times, my friend. Oh, three my times. Goodness. Also, my phrasing yeah. there was really bad, and there was a, a handful of jokes that either of us could have made. And I'd like yeah. to give us a congratulations for neither of us doing that, um, simply because good. I want this show to be on terrestrial radio for as long as possible. <laughs> we can both feel good about ourselves. All right. Well, so th- uh, as we're as we're already discussing uh, ways that people can be easily impregnated, I'm actually a couple of weeks now carrying uh, after seeing Patrick <laughs> Mahomes throw football seventy yards in an actual game. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well. Cody Tap actually said that. Yes, I saw. Why do you say he was worried his wife would get pregnant from the Holmes' throw? That made me laugh. That's a good tweet. Also, also, Cody. Cody. Ha- well, I don't listen. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about Cody's genitals whenever he's not here. But sure, uh, sure. I've. I, again. You guys. You guys need to. You guys need to have a couple. Oh no! Steve just sent me. St- Steve Fitzpatrick, who does all of our like wonderful photoshopping stuff around here, um, oh, no. he's made some like amazing things. He made me and Beards and Charlie as Funko Pops and stuff. I love Steve. But he just sent me a link, and I see in the URL what appears to be a WebMD image. So I'm just going to turn the camera away from the glass. I'm going to click it. You just start talking about Patrick Mahomes, and don't worry about whatever I say next. Yeah, that, that sounds fine. I'll wait for the other shoe to drop there. No, it's a, it's about- a gif from, of Michael Scott. Or Hold on, this actually might just be Steve Carell. I think it is Steve Carell. It says, it says you have no idea the physical toll that three vasectomies have on a person. Yep, that's yeah, that's a great line from the office. Is it from the so office? Now I, get to, now I get to say that. Yeah, you do. That's incredible. Wow. Okay, you have a personal gift now. 
it'll be a fight winner for the rest of my life, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, no as kidding. As excited almost as I am about the fact that Patrick Holmes threw the ball 70 yards. There it is. It was it was fantastic. And so the first article, there's a lot of stuff to break down from that play, though. And now that we've lost all the listeners <laughs> I, that are worried about football, let's talk football. Let's do it. Here's the thing. I wrote an article on that um, on The Athletic, which has currently hired every sports writer you care about. That's yeah, it's just a fact. It's awesome. I, I'm, they're uh, all gone, guys. They're all gone. We have them all. We are the board. This is it. Yeah, put this in a good word for me just so I could have like a guest <laughs> remaining that can be on this show, please. <laughs> Welcome your new athletic overlord. <laughs> I really uh, do. You guys, so, in the, you guys in the robots, I just want to be on your good side. I know it's happening. I just want to be on your good side whenever it happens. Yeah, it, it is. Okay. One, one day everyone will work for the athletic and pay for the athletic, thus creating a circle that is complete. I'm totally It will all work that. out. So, so I wrote about this. There's a lot to go, that goes into that throw. Obviously mm-hmm. the fact that he can sling the ball 70 yards while about to get hit yeah. without being able to step up too much. That's a big deal. What I wrote about is twofold, and we'll talk about both of them if you want to. I don't yeah. know if you want to talk about Mahomes today. I would love um, to. I would love to. Here's the first thing. Big plays change football games. Yeah. Before that throw, the Chiefs were kind of having a mess performance. Their one good drive ended with a penalty and then an interception, mm-hmm. or a near interception, and then he'd throw in another pick. Everything was kind of eh. You know, he'd done some good things. That third and 11 throw to Kelsey was unbelievable. Yeah, great, fantastic. Great anticipation throw. However, it was kind of a met performance, a lot like the first week. Yep. All that changed in one play. The score goes from 14 to 3 to 14 to 10 in one play. One team goes from kind of down and out to fired up in one play. One team goes from feeling great about themselves. The Falcons were really feeling themselves mm-hmm. for that play. They were excited. They were amped up to suddenly, holy smokes, what just happened? Big plays. And, then, and so that's like the, uh, the, the gut instinct side of things. And I wrote about this. If you look, yards per play is one of the best predictors you can find in terms of good offenses and good defenses. Efficiency is the name of the game in the NFL. Hmm. The better you are at moving the ball efficiently and stopping the other guy from moving the ball efficiently, the more games you'll win. And there's nothing more efficient than one play for 70 yards and a touchdown. Right. Except, I guess, a play for 80 yards and a touchdown. Right. And listen, that's, I'm, I'm assuming that's happening on Saturday. I, you know, yeah, that's the, the, that's the, that's the only other thing to do to follow that up. Yeah, has so to be. So these big plays in the NFL, parody really is a very real thing. This isn't the NBA, mm-hmm. which I can't believe you guys watch for fun, but that's a whole other ball of wax there. Oh, please, um, please, listen, it, you and Beards can, can go start a podcast if you want. <laughs> I don't want to be the middleman here. This is something where there's actual parody, where when you have, say, like 50, 60 offensive plays in an NFL game, the game really comes down to probably seven or eight of them, yeah, if that. For sure. And big plays, big offensive plays given up or forced, and turnovers make or break football games. And that is why you draft the Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think they're excited about everything else he can do. But if you, if you can do everything at an average to even, you know, even just an average level, let's say Patrick Mahomes never becomes more than average at the everyday NFL quarterback stuff. Mm-hmm. But he still makes a couple plays like that a game. That is special. Yes. That is something that you can't get anywhere else. And that's assuming he's only average at the other stuff. Yes. And you, you had a tweet to that effect right right after the game or during the game or whatever um, that I've quoted on this show and, and like several others already, which is that people are saying, you know, oh, well, the, the 
narrative completely changed on that play, and yeah, it did. That's kind of the point. Like that that's that doesn't mean that we're being homers by latching on to the thing that was right. exciting and, and game changing. It was game changing, therefore deserving of this of this conversation. Correct. It is literally a game changer. It actually alters the course of the game. It alters the scoreboard. It alters the momentum. It alters yards per play. It removes, you know, everyone loves the idea of a 15-play drive that mm-hmm. results in a touchdown. And, hey, if you can orchestrate a bunch of those, you will win. However, 15-play drives that result in a touchdown are rare because every play is an opportunity for a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity for a turnover, an opportunity for a run stop, a sack given up. It's tough to string those together. If you can string together a few big plays, on the other hand, you know, a couple plays like that. Now, that one was unusual, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, there, was, there hasn't been one. There wasn't one like it last year. Right. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's incredible. In the second game of preseason, Patrick Mahomes did something that no one did in the NFL last year. And, hey, you can't leave out what Tyreek Hill did on that play. No. He actually had to flip his hips going left to right, and he ran towards the open spot correctly, and he tracked that ball down when none of the other defenders realized it. Um, he made a great made great adjustment. The catch looked easy because he made a fantastic adjustment. Yes, and he actually pulled up a little. Patrick Mahomes said as much today that, <laughs> it, that it was a little bit underthrown. Which is hilarious to me that he does something that no one does, that, that no one did last year. And he's like, yeah, you know, I underthrew it. It's like, yep. wow. And then, did, I don't know if you saw Ben Baldwin, who unsurprisingly writes for The Athletic. Sure, who doesn't? Great numbers guy. He, he talked about in terms of air yards, in terms of yards past the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Since, since 2009, the list of quarterbacks who have thrown a, touch, a pass mm-hmm. that was completed mm-hmm. that far in the air, mm-hmm. like 63 yards past the line of scrimmage, consists of Aaron Rodgers, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Since 2009. Yeah, it's incredible. And also, like, you say that as if we didn't read that stat on this show yesterday, I don't know, 75 <laughs> times. Oh, sure. See, and I, see, I should have known that. I should have faith in you. But you that, that's just okay. the thing. He is a game changer. Yes. That's why you can live. Oh, man, he's going to throw twice as many picks as Alex Smith. You know what? He might. Mm-hmm. He very well might. He, I bet you anything, though, you're hardly ever going to see him not look off of safety again. Yep. I'd be willing to bet you anything. And here's how I know that. And this is the other side of that article. And, and I, I hate giving away the whole the whole. No, style. don't give away the whole article. Tell people to go read it. But uh, people should go read it because the reality is he demonstrated on that play that he learned from a mistake the week before yep. and altered his game. And that's what gives me confidence in Mahomes more than anything else is that I've literally watched him clean up certain mistakes over the course of the last few weeks even. And that is impressive. Yes, it is. And it's so exciting because as time goes on, you expect mistakes to continue to lessen. Like, yeah, it's just, it's fantastic. Uh, currently, the comments on the ESPN Kansas Facebook page are, no, that isn't something you have price. This is horrifying. Reversal Tuesday. Why would you want to go through this twice? And, uh, and that's wonderful. And then it's time for Mahomes uh, you know, to throw in the end zone. If anyone has a question, look at my Twitter profile. And, you know, remember those old Gold Spice commercials? Look at my wife. Then look at me. Then back to my wife. Then back to me. And you will understand why I'm willing to undergo this. Because she's an even better mom and wife than she is looking. And so, I, I'm sorry. I'm married up. I'll do what it takes. So It's just, I mean, listen, like you are you are absolutely, you wrote a check and, and you're cashing it. Like, you are paying up. Um, yes. But it's just like, 
It's the most horrifying thing, especially also hearing about, like, do you have, here, tell me this, Seth, and then we'll go to the next, this, I think this is how we're going to do the rest of this conversation. We'll go to the, um, to the Orlando Scandrick conversation next here. But sure. what if, I don't know, a year from now, your wife came to you and said, hey, what about, what about one more? <laughs> I would say we can adopt. <laughs> she's, actually already chatting with, she's actually already chatting with me about that. But you want to know the honest truth? Yes. I would tell her to think about it and pray about it, and let's come back to it in another year. And if after another year of, of thinking and praying, she really felt like that's what we were supposed to do? Then you would say one more year from now and then hope that you were healed by the end of that. I would maybe, I would maybe ask for another six months, uh-huh. and then after that, another three months. <laughs> but eventually, after a couple of years, if she was convinced it's what we were supposed to do, I trust my wife and I'd do it. Oh man, I don't. Do you know that you physically can undo a vasectomy for a second time? Like, is I don't that... think you can. That's the reason. It's all big talk, Josh. I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Talk, he I said. Mean, the word he used was talk. I don't think a surgeon would do that. He'd be like, would... "No, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I no insurance hope. company would cover it. Yeah. They would say, of course, <laughs> we're not going to do this." <laughs> what is insurance? Is that something you you get? <laughs> Don't worry. One day, many moons from now, you'll, well, you'll, you'll know. Well, you you uh, you see, Seth. For me, insurance is getting another veteran cornerback to add to a depleted secondary. Nice. Which is what the Chiefs have done by bringing in Orlando Scandrick after after David Amerson's latest round of adventures against the Falcons. You know, he did make a really nice play in the red zone. That had he been able to bring both feet in bounds, you never know. Sure. People would be talking about it a little differently. Because that was a great play on the ball. It was. And also, if David Emerson was Marcus Peters, I'd feel better about this defense. But, you know, if, uh, if, what if, what's the line of something? The, I can't do the frozen let it go gif right now. <laughs> you can't. Yep. I could have so, used any, I could have, sorry, Seth, I could have picked any best young cornerback in football. And I, I, I understand why Chiefs fans are frustrated. I really do. And it's going to keep happening. We, we're seeing now how good Kendall Fuller looks. Yeah. And the idea of those two opposite one another is like, this seems to make so much sense. It really does. You know, and then having like a Scandrick or a Nelson in the slot or wherever, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a much better defense, I'm convinced. However, we, it is what it is. I looked at Scandrick's film. Yes. And then you spoiled it for the whole internet. You I said it in your tweets! Ah, I can't remember. I've heard it both ways. Yeah, no! So, <laughs> <laughs> the, and so the reality is, you know, when you look at Amerson's film, when I reviewed his film, you and I chatted about that quite a bit, and I looked at his 2015 and 2016 film as well, and I was pretty honest. His 2017 film was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit. It was it was okay in 2016. It was pretty good in 2015. Mm-hmm. And so the hope with Emerson has always been, if he can play like he did in 2015 or 2016, it should be okay. Um, the thing with Scandrick, and I know Pro Football Focus had him rated only a little better than Emerson last year. Mm-hmm. He looked. He didn't look great. I didn't, wouldn't say he'd look amazing. But he, he resembled, if I were going to say, like, level of player, say, like, Steven Nelson from 2016. Yeah. Or down the stretch last year. Yeah. Not great, but competent. Um, in particular, he, he's, he's tough against the run. He had decent long speed. His quickness looks fairly shot, so that's something to keep an eye on. But he's, he's got good instincts. Uh, again, I think he's got he, – I think he was an average corner last year. Mm-hmm. And again, average, hey, I can work with average. Right. Give me average across the board with the corners for the pass rush at least has a chance. Was that literally your wife's vows to you at your wedding? Give me average? I can work with average. 
Well, you know, I I would have preferred she said sub-average or something. Set the bar a little bit lower. Because, you know, average, you got to remember, Josh, and I'll tell you the whole story sometimes. When my wife met me, I was working at a Pomida making minimum wage sleeping on my sister's couch. Yeah, that's good. And now I do some other stuff. Right. So, you know, she could take full responsibility for what limited success I've had. Oh, that's, that's so, a good way to put it. And so Scandrick, I mean, we'll see. It's so Scandrick. It's <laughs> so Scandrick. Every year that a corner gets older, you never know. Yeah, of course. However, he looked pretty competent last year, and I'm. I think right now, based on what I looked at, I want him on the field instead of Emerson because Emerson. Yeah. And, and hey, everyone has bad games, but he got flat out picked on. Yes, by the Falcons. immediately. And, yep, and you can't have that. You cannot have. You can have, you know, Kendall Fuller, who looks great. And, hey, Fuller gave up a reception, but you can see the difference in the types of receptions. Yes. The, the, the deep, deep-ish, I guess, intermediate ball to the left that Fuller gave up, he was on that. The receiver had to make a great catch. Yep. That's going to happen. With Amerson, he just got beat a couple times. And um, I, I, think it, I think it's okay for us to glean some information from – where where do the Falcons go immediately upon the injury of Stephen Nelson? It's straight at David Amerson a billion times. Like I think that I think that even even if we don't trust our own eyes sometimes, I trust NFL offensive coordinators pretty well on that level, and that's exactly what they did. And it worked. Quarterbacks do. It did. It did work. And so I think Skandrick should be able to help. He also should be able to help against the run. He's a willing tackler. He he's got yeah. good instincts there, takes pretty good angles. So I think this is a this is a win win. I don't think he's as good a player as Breland. I wish they'd have brought in Breland, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I was sure they would with how everything went down. Me but too. Skandrick is better than nothing. And so at this point, in this with the season about to get started, I'll take what I can get. Hopefully, Stephen Nelson gets healthy quickly, and Skandrick and either Amerson starts playing better or he gets pushed to the fourth spot. Yeah, and I think that's. I think at this point, like just assuming that eventually, if not by week one, by week four or whatever, Amerson does drop to the four. I think that helps. It's good for the rotation. Also, it improves the Chiefs' fourth cornerback spot as well. Uh, right. So I, I think that maybe gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, we've talked about the we've talked about Eric Reed and how he f- made a ton of sense in the Chiefs' defense, but also how you see the collusion case really gumming up all the works on that. Uh, we talked sure. about him back before the draft, before the collusion case, and many times since then. Uh, the Bengals cut George I- Iloka uh, a couple days ago. What did you What do you think about the Chiefs' safety position at this point? And if I if I may, Andrew asked uh, which will be more painful, Seth's vasectomy or the Chiefs' secondary play in 2018. <laughs> I saw that. I still have some faith that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about Eric Berry. I'm absolutely nervous yeah, there. Me too. But we'll see how it plays out. You know, there's just nothing we can do to control it. Um, I can see them being super cautious, given like what went down with Houston, given what went down with DJ. You know, I can see them being super cautious, but we'll see. Um, with re- especially with that, and then with Daniel Sorensen going down, and the mm-hmm. fact that Daniel Sorensen is Daniel Sorensen, mm-hmm. I think that makes a lot of a lot of sense to reach out to him. Mm-hmm. However, money is tight, and it's actually tight now. My understanding, and someone pointed this out to me correctly, that some of the free cap space they have right now is tied up in incentives, and mm. so they don't necessarily have you know eight million in cap. Right. Um, however, you know, given the nature of Sorensen's injury, I know they said, oh, you know. He might be missed the first few weeks. I mean, he got a fractured tibia, and like, yeah, 
I, I anticipate him missing quite a bit of time, honestly. And I know some players have missed the entire season with that. Personally, there's a place where you can save some cap room, at least for that first year. And I think I look at you don't often get an opportunity to add a competent safety at this point. Mm-hmm. I want them to do something like that because, again, Chris Jones looks really good. I haven't been, you know, Houston hasn't been on the field much. Passing looks like he's developed a little bit. D Ford had a couple good rushes, but you know what I mean? Never mind his run defense, but right. they, they need a secondary that can be at least semi competent. Yes. And last year they didn't have one. And so they, they got to figure something out here. I don't know whether they really like Armand Watts or McQuay, but to me, given the situation with Barry, given the situation with Sorensen, I think the juice is worth the squeeze to go out and get a guy that you know can play solidly at an NFL level. Hey, can you, can we actually take like just like thirty seconds or a minute, whatever you need, on Eric Reed to sort of rehash where you're at on that from like a, a law perspective and like the the sure. precedent you've talked about? Because also there's a tweet that just popped up just a little bit ago that I just saw. Um, it was sent to me from Matt Barrows and Kyle Shanahan says he's still interested in bringing Eric Reed back in a backup league minimum type role behind Tart. Uh, he said he doesn't think Reed is interested in that type of role, which I would understand. Um, the Titans were reportedly at least interested in bringing him out for a workout, uh, but there were like a bunch of flights, allegedly, that were mistimed. So can you lay out where you're at with all of that currently? Um, with, with Eric Reed, I think there's a couple things going on here. Um, from, a, from a perspective, having represented some people that, that run businesses, they generally speaking, I'm not saying this is the correct point of view, but mm-hmm. when you generally see people with money, they don't want to give in because they view it as an issue of one. If you give in one time, mm-hmm. now what happens when a guy who's been pretty vocal about social justice issues in college gets drafted in the third round when he thinks he should have been drafted in the first round? Hmm. Does, he, right. does he file a collusion case? Does, does this open the door to players who think they should be signed? Well, I should have had a bigger market. Because every player thinks they should have had a better market. Sure. Now, Eric Reed should have. The, the safety market, though, was genuinely weird this offseason. Mm-hmm. And I do think part of what happened to him early on, and I could be way off base here, but he, he had tweeted some stuff about insulting offers mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember this, and I don't know the exact quote, so I'm being very cautious here, sure. but he kind of he'd given the indication that he was insulted by an offer he'd received. Well, the reality is a lot of safeties received insulting offers this offseason. Mm-hmm. And so what could have just been a soft safety market might have looked at him like collusion early on, and then he jumped the gun with the lawsuit. At this point, I don't see an NFL team willing to cave, even whether individually or as a group, because what happens then? And now, do I agree with that mindset? Not necessarily. Every situation is different. But I think that's much more understandable than, well, he did social justice stuff, because that, to me, is not a reason to not sign a guy. Um, right, but but I do think the collusion case really messes with that. And so I'm with you on that. And one thing that legitimately, just as a question, um, yeah. that I wonder about is I I see for sure if the NFL lost this collusion case with Eric Reed or the one with Kaepernick, then that opens up the floodgates for for other players to to just come with full fury. With, with their own cases, with, with, you know, for any number of reasons. That makes a ton of right. sense to me. But why would a team signing Eric Reed now, why would that have to be interpreted as a team trying to, like, dodge out of the way of the collusion case and not just a team going maybe even, hey, here's some evidence that we were never colluding against you. In fact, we, the Chiefs, just saw Daniel Sorensen get hurt and Eric Barry is sketchy. So this is why we waited to sign a safety and now it's you, Eric Reed. Does that make sense as a question? Right. And- 
I, I totally understand that question, and I think that's the superior way of viewing it. Okay. I'm just saying how I've seen people view it. For sure. It's the idea, that fear of, of the, the, the appearance of caving. Mm-hmm. And I will say this also because of Reed's mindset as to what is occurring. Um, with the safety market being what it is, and Reed is a perfectly good safety, not a great safety, but a good safety, What's, what does he get offered in this kind of market? Right. And it, for, I think he's looking at what Eric Berry got last year and is thinking that he's worth – and now I could be way off, right? So sure, we don't know. He thinks he's worth half that. Right. Right? Right. You're not getting half that in the safety market. Certainly not in so August, I don't no. know. And I, so I, I just don't know if there's, there's enough to get a deal done there. I right. personally think the way you're viewing that, saying as an individual team, well, this is a unique circumstance. Now we'll sign you. Collusion case will get dropped. We'll all be we'll all be happy campers. Mm-hmm. I think that's the superior way to view it from a legal perspective. But I've seen too much fear in the past of people that are afraid of setting a precedent. That's great. That makes a, a ton of sense. Um, let's use that as a jumping off point towards Eric Berry really quick. There've been a lot of people who are be, have very quickly been asking me and others like, "So you think the Chiefs are going to try to move on from Eric Berry after this season?" Um, and that's no literally impossible. It's literally impossible. Yep. Um, yep. He's got $30 million of guaranteed money over the next two years after this one. Um, yep. And so next year, it's basically all guaranteed. So that, those are just the, can they move on from Barry after this year? Absolutely not. Should we even be having that conversation right now? No. But you mentioned that you are worried about Eric Barry. We also saw a really soft safety market this this offseason that maybe Earl Thomas isn't getting money. We're seeing that position get viewed differently on an NFL scale, it seems like. Uh, mm-hmm. what, are you, what are you seeing whenever you look at, at Eric Berry's fit with this team right now, with the concern how deep it goes with the injury, with the number they right. ended up giving him? What's your full Eric Berry perspective at this point? Eric Berry is a unique player, mm-hmm. and I don't really have a problem with the contract they gave him, except for the fact that I'm not sure I would give up that kind of money to any non-quarterback. Yeah, That's not a pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, the Houston deal, I'm not thrilled about that one either, but to me it's more understandable, um, just because of the nature of the position, the, the, the drop-off between elite and good and average, whereas you can get by with a couple of average safeties. Now, Eric Berry is unique in that he can do everything, right? Mm-hmm. He, can, he can play linebacker. He can rush from the edge. He is a unique player. He also is the beating heart of the team. I mean, he, they, those guys love him. They'll run through a wall for him. He's like one of the only guys, you know, they'll show videos of the psych-up videos in the huddle. Yeah. You know, where with one player leading them all and getting them fired up. I think those are so corny and dumb. Yes. But when he does it, I'm ready to run through a wall <laughs> afterward. Right. I really am. I mean, he just, the things he says and just everything. So it's unique. And I get why they paid him as much as they did because he's such a unique player who can do it all. And it just so happens, man, he tore his Achilles. Yep. And that's football. But, I mean, they can't, like you said, they can't move on from him next year or the year after. Yep. The guaranteed money is just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they wouldn't save anything by doing so. Uh, I don't even know what the rules are with regards to an injury settlement there. My hope is they're being uber cautious and. Six weeks from now, we're all going to be sighing as we watch Barry just lay someone out after Mahomes threw a 90-yard in the air touchdown. <laughs> right. And so, but I mean, with him, I, I wish it would have been a little less. I think he and Houston were both cases of, of waiting too long mm-hmm. to sign a guy. Yeah. They waited until they were done with their contracts. I don't know why they did that. I, maybe, they, maybe Houston and Barry wouldn't negotiate. I don't know. But I do know John Dorsey got 
Uh, Travis Kelsey's done early, and now Kelsey's a bargain. Yes. Um, he got Eric Fisher's done early. If Eric Fisher had continued to develop and was now a good left tackle instead of an average one, he'd be a bargain. Yeah. Um, you, you get those deals done early. I don't know why they didn't with Houston. I don't know why they didn't with Barry. So that's my principal regret there. Is you, know, you can't predict the torn Achilles, but I sure wish they would have gotten that deal done a year earlier. All right, Seth, watch one of those Eric Berry pump-up videos before your second vasectomy tomorrow. <laughs> Best of luck. Please live-tweet as much of it as you, could, as you can bring yourself to do. I just want to keep up with how you're doing. I was going to say, you know, it's a shame that you're not uh, recording. I mean, I could always, we could always do a segment with me on a couple of Lorenzo Pounds and Morphine Lawn being <laughs> operated on. I, but I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure if my bosses would be too thrilled about me doing something like that. What time is it happening tomorrow, Seth? I, oh, it's very early in the morning. Okay. So. Well, tomorrow night, I am hosting Sports Night. So. We might just give you a call either on this show or on Sports Night just for like a five-minute recap. I don't know. We'll, we'll see if you if pick you, up the phone. I'll tell you what. You can text me and ask me if I'm up for it. Okay. If I'm up for it, let's, okay. do, let's do it. If you're not up for it, we're going to call anyway because that, be, that might be more what I'm looking for. Is you not I will, up for I will it? Have, I will have Mrs. Minnesota Chief fan answer the phone, and I'm telling you, man, you're not ready for the heat. Uh, dude, I – okay <laughs> – I would I would start a Thursday weekly segment talking to her because <laughs> because I feel like we could talk to you every Tuesday and by Thursday I would have 30 minutes of questions for her. Right now we're backlogged with like four or five hours. We could do a mi- a mini series with with Mrs. Minnesota Chiefs fan. I promise sometime she'll be coming down with me and uh, I'll I'll drag her into the station. If there's ever if there's ever a Tuesday that you just can't you can't do this just don't even tell me and just give her the phone <laughs> just just give me That's her just number. Just have her answer. That sounds like a plan to me. I like Perfect. it. Perfect. Well, All I right. Appreciate the, the well wishes and uh, and and hopefully we uh, I'll be recuperating watching Mahomes do amazing things this weekend. Sounds good. Good luck with your penis. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't say it without laughing. I was I thought I was gonna be able to and I just couldn't. I just couldn't. He's getting a second vasectomy. Oh, what a trooper. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. 
You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. If the Erectile Dysfunction Center wanted to sponsor this show... We've already had if, this discussion. If it wanted to be the name... I'm, I'm bringing it back for Charlie. If it wanted to be the name brand sponsor of this show, I would come in here every day and be like, boy, it sure is good that I've got this place to fix my droopy wee-wee. Every day I would say that. With Joshua Briscoe. Just going to let that one sit for a second. That'll be a liner. On ESPN Kansas City. All right, the rest of this show is going to go by quicker than a vasectomy with morphine. We've got two quick segments left for you today. We covered a lot of the ground I wanted to cover with Seth. Also, finally, he's going to get a vasectomy tomorrow. Second. Second vasectomy tomorrow. Um, I'm worried about Eric Berry. Yep, for sure, definitely a little worried. Maybe more than a little worried. I have... Just lots of concerns, but they're largely going to be about what we can see from him going forward the next time we see him on a field. Also, perhaps simply like if we see him and and what kind of timeline he's put on. What is does the soreness go away by week one, or do they play him with soreness? Does soreness in his heel mean that he's getting close to maybe a potential another catastrophe? I, I don't know. But I'm worried. I, I've tweeted about it a ton on Twitter, at JB Briscoe, obviously. Tweeted about that a ton. Um, talked about it in the first hour of the show. Search almost entirely sports over your podcasts. There are also the other things that we talked about in that conversation uh, in the rest of the preseason game that we didn't get to. Oh, Beard has a comment. Go ahead, Beard. Oh, okay, sorry. Comment, rapid-fire comments. Uh, Brandon asks, how have I not heard of this ESPN Kansas City? LOL. Brandon, my man. Welcome in. Is that the only comment? Uh, the rest of them are just like everybody laughing at the, at the uh, Seth interview. Some of those you read already. Okay, yes, I, I read some of those too, Seth. Welcome aboard, Brandon. Like the Like the video, and then we'll invite you to like the page. And you can see this every day. Yes, see, this is the thing, man. I know, I in my heart of hearts, I believe that there are people that will find ESPN Kansas City and then will LOL. Hopefully often. Hopefully very frequently. I like to believe that that is on the horizon. We've got to find more of them. So it's like, hey, it's like this is now, now so now, hey, Brandon, we're, we're, we've got you here. You're here. We appreciate having you here. Like the video. Like the Facebook page. Then tell some friends. And then tell them to tell 10 friends. And then you'll start making more money. And then tell them. Oops, sorry. Nope, that's a pyramid scheme. Uh, this is a radio station. But the same concept applies. We just aren't going to give you any money for being good at it. Seems fair, right? This is a multi-level marketing scheme. But we're marketing ourselves. Brandon liked the video. Invite. Perfect. Nailed it. We take another break, don't we? All right, sorry. We went really, really long with Seth Kaiser because we were talking about the fact that he was going to have a second vasectomy tomorrow. It was very worth it, though. Like, this. sometimes this happens on Tuesdays. Very rarely does this happen. We'll be right back. 
This is Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe. Um, and that's where I imagine most radio shows are starting their shows today. As Beards adjusts his dick justice dog plush. Um, that's good enough. On 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. The Urchin has tweeted two very good things. He tweeted at me and said that he's pretty much the poster child for vasectomies. He also told Seth that he could still adopt him. I just can't imagine. I literally cannot imagine someone just driving around in their car, clicking through radio stations, and then landing on 1510 AM or 94.5 FM uh, at all. Or just scrolling on Facebook and coming across this video. Yeah, for, and just laying on for like 15 seconds and hearing any of that. The liner or the fact that the urchin tweeted us about vasectomies or about the conversation with Seth, any any of it. Adoption. any All of it. I can't, I, like there's just, there's so much about this show that I think would have to just be really unsettling for anyone who is not intimately familiar with how this show generally rolls. And I, and I love that. It makes me very happy. One thing that Seth mentioned that I actually, like if he wasn't getting a vasectomy tomorrow, uh, his second one, we would have talked about this more. The the throw from Patrick Mahomes to uh, to Travis Kelsey on third and long, because Mahomes actually talked about that today. Someone were out a show, so we might play some of it tomorrow. I don't know. But the throw from Mahomes to Kelsey, according to Mahomes, was the more difficult throw between that one and the touchdown throw to Tyree Kill. Because that's a timing route. It's got to be very specifically placed, and it was. Like, it was exactly where it needed to be. And that ball was leaving Patrick Mahomes' hand before Travis Kelsey was out of his break. And... You know, Seth said that even if Patrick Mahomes just an average quarterback uh, everywhere except for with the deep balls, he is still a special quarterback because he has those game-changing plays that like that no one else has. And Aaron Rodgers is good at everything, right? Aaron Rodgers is really good at every aspect of being a, a quarterback. But if you're as good at the deep stuff as Patrick Mahomes seems like he's going to be and maybe already is, what you have to do everywhere else is lessened. The requirements are are minor because it's it's do enough of the small check down stuff, enough of the mid range work, enough of the mid deep stuff. So you have the chance to throw the ball 70 yards in the air here and there. That is like what fundamentally makes up what it is that can make Patrick Mahomes special. And I, I genuinely believe that he's going to do the other stuff at least well. I really do. But I, I said this, man. I said this whenever I was having the conversation about AFC West quarterbacks like... This might have been before, I don't remember if this was before training camp or right as it was starting or whatever. Just one of those off-season topics that I just sort of pulled out of my room. I, I said, I think Patrick Mahomes probably has a, a higher floor than most people believe. Again, I said this like before he played a preseason game. 
I think he has a higher floor than most people believe because of the big play potential. And so even if he does double up on Alex Smith's interception total, if he also has a play like that once a week, then the floor on that guy is still pretty high. And then the ceiling is astronomical. And that's even with a bunch of mistakes and some repeated mistakes, which we haven't seen him do yet. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing if we can catch him in a failure to look off the safety scenario again, which is the, the cause of the interception that he threw uh, back on Friday. I'm interested to see that. Also, briefly, we'll, maybe we'll talk about this more tomorrow. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. This whole week has been a whirlwind. And this hour, I was going to talk more Chiefs stuff after I talked to Seth, but you understand. I am really worried about the secondary. I do feel good about the Chiefs signing Orlando Skandrick. I think that's the right move. I think it adds some depth to this defense. I think it's a slight upgrade over David Amerson, not an upgrade over Steven Nelson. Not the upgrade that Bashad Breeland would have been. But right now, you've got to take the options that, that show themselves. And I, I still see it as being a real bummer that the Chiefs got to this point with their, with their secondary in general. The corners, the safeties, all of them. I thought we identified this problem months ago. Before the draft, sign Eric Reed. After the draft, sign Eric Reed. Now, please, go draft one of those corners. The Chiefs continually apparently thought that that either wasn't a big enough need or those weren't good enough options. All right, we'll come back and do more of this tomorrow here on ESPN Kansas City. Grab a, grab a spot on the Facebook page. Get a vasectomy. Whatever. Whatever you got to do. Come back tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye, Mom. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe on ESPN Kansas City.